Good morning, church. Good morning to those of you who are online with us. Um, and Sunday in Philo, one more time. Um, what, what day are we on, sorry? The eighth day today. Okay. But yeah, so Sunday in Philo. Um, yeah, um, so excited to be doing this with Lance, my husband here. Thank you for joining me, my dear, um, in this. Um, well, so um, yeah, today we're going to be talking about um, authentic community. Uh, but first, a quick recap on what we have done so far. So Pastor Wei has talked about um, the bigger table. Being God's table is not my table and not your table. And um, so far, we've learned about how God's table works, you know, um, and we've learned that everyone is invited to the table. Um, Jesus is all you need to come to the table. And Pastor Wade also talked about um, holistic transformation um, when he was talking about how we as a church, uh, we are gospel focused. And last week, we have Joe, maybe we had Joe, uh, who talked about, or, who, or rather, who challenged us to invite our family members to come join um, the table of Jesus, the table of God, you know, family members who might not have believed um, in Jesus, who might not know Jesus. And um, that was a wonderful um, encouragement as well as a challenge to all of us to be thinking about our family members. I mean, if we find so much joy and hope at God's table, we want our family members there too, right? So, yeah, so thank you, Joe, for that. Um, and yeah, and so this morning, authentic community. Now, my husband here is very excited about this topic uh, because he's very passionate about it. Dear, would you like to say something about um, what excites you about this topic? Well, certainly, dear, and thank you for inviting me to join you today. And uh, Community Church, it is great to be with a church that has built a lot of its identity around being authentic and around being the authentic community of Christ. And I think I'm excited about this topic, both because as a church family, we've made it our thing, and it's really an important thing for us. It's also really important to me as a professional, as a psychologist and an executive coach, I spend a lot of time helping individuals try to figure out how they can be authentic themselves, how they can be authentic with a partner, spouse, or best friend, how they can be authentic in their work teams, and, um, and how they can authentically relate to God. And it's also important because I think each of us here personally really struggles with um, being authentic. I know I do. It's one thing to fly the banner of authenticity. It's another thing to actually get in there and share from your heart and soul. Yeah. No, I, I hear you, um, dear, and I think um, you're not alone, you know, in thinking or feeling or having experienced how hard it is, you know, to really, I don't know, share your heart, share your struggles. Um, well, maybe some struggles are easier to share than others. See, I like to think of struggles in two distinct groups. First, we have the what I call the respectable struggles, uh, where you can share with your Christian family, you know, like, oh, maybe... My dad is really ill, you know, please, you know, I'm really struggling to care for him. So, so those, it's like, can you be praying for me? Um, but the, the maybe perhaps less, I mean, the struggles we, we find it hard to share could be like, um, oh, you know, I find that my heart is lasting uh, after something or someone. Um, we find it hard to share about our greed. We find it hard to share about... Um, um, I don't know, just or maybe a covetousness or stuff like that, you know, because 
and so I think um, I've seen so many Christians, and myself included, um, during some of the darker seasons that I've walked uh, myself, where it's, it can be easier to go outside the Christian circle and share with non-Christian friends than Christian friends. Have any of you experienced that? Yeah, I, 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 I see this, and I see this. And Sorry, the, yeah, um, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say that I was with a, a group of pastors not long ago, and they were um, trying to be authentic as, as a group of pastors, you know. And uh, one of my uh, dear friends, uh, who'd been through a real struggle in his own life, he, uh, he, he shared, and, and then he came to his line, he said, um, do you know what they call uh, a really authentic pastor? And the answer is, unemployed. <laughs> So it is, we, we have to ask ourselves as Christians, um, do, we, do we have something special to offer the world when it comes to authenticity? And if we do, what is that really special thing? And if we have that, what does it take to exercise it? What does it take for us to actually step up to the bar and be the really authentic um, you know, Christian community? So we hope to talk about that for a few moments today. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, those are the questions that we have been, we ourselves have been um, kind of wrestling with. You know, um, sometimes we here's being authentic. You know, we don't always wrestle in the same way, and we have had disagreements coming into this. But but it's all good, right? You wrestle, um, and um, yeah. So I think um, you know when you're talking about um, what we have to offer to people, you know, then I'm thinking about how authenticity is the air that we breathe. Um, and live every day because it's such an in thing, you know. Um, you know, there's we talk about authenticity um, in business. We talk about authenticity in communities. You know, we talk about authenticity in yoga groups. Um, you know, so so I saw a business article the other day. You know, um, it's really funny because it's titled "How to Fake Authenticity in Order to Succeed in Business Leadership." You know, so um, some inconsistency there, right? Um, Faking in authenticity, <coughs> excuse me, in authenticity, and yeah, and heal. we even try sometimes to be um, authentic. We we try so hard to be authentic that we create ways we can look more authentic. There's that <coughs> new app, maybe it's not so new anymore, called Be Real, where uh, it will take your picture every at certain intervals, uh, intervals, and then post it. And the the trick is to try to use this app in a way that you don't use um, Photoshop or anything like <coughs> that to change your photo because you're supposed to be truly authentic. So we try very very hard in our society nowadays uh, to do the in thing, which is to be authentic. But as Christians, we really want to ask the question. What does, that, what does that really look like for us as Christians, as believers, as brothers and sisters in a body where we want to be more real with each other? What is that actually about? So today, for a few moments, um, uh, Pastor Ben's going to share a little bit about the what and why of uh, authentic Christian community. Then I'll spend a few minutes uh, sharing about the how of that. And so we hope that that'll um, help all of us in our journey to be more authentic and to be that authentic Christian community. Take it away, Pastor Brent. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, dear. Um, so, you know, uh, as I was sharing with the first service, I've spent a lot of time thinking about this, you know, thinking about um, what it means for us Christians, you know, to talk about authenticity and, and to talk about um, being an authentic community. Um, well, one reason is because, you know, as I said just now, um, authenticity is a trendy thing, you know, it's trending um, always. And so there are so many... Um, voices out there, you know, championing authenticity and authentic relating 
uh, with one another. And they have said so many, many good things, you know. But, um, so I thought, okay, so let's, um, but God, God, what, what, is, what is your heart, you know, um, for us Christians when you talk about authenticity, you know? Um, and so, um, I mean, unlike some other topics, you know, you can't just flip through the Bible or for those of us with a mobile phone, you Google, right? Authenticity, Bible verse. And, you know, you, can't, you basically can't find a verse in the Bible that says, thou shall be an authentic community. You know, but the theme is there. It runs throughout scripture. See, um, you know, we, you know the word fellowship, right? Koinonia. You know, it's, it's a word that we, we use to describe um, Christian fellowship. And I think the first thing, a very important thing to note is that Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians um, chapter 13 that this fellowship, this koinonia, is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. It is... The Christian community is the community created and sustained by the Holy Spirit. And what does that mean? It means that we are sharing in God. We are sharing in God's character. And one of God's character is truth. God is truth. God is not about fake or untruth. It's the truth. And so actually in fellowship, in the Christian community, we are called to relate to one another without a mask on. Mm, I really like that. Can you say some more about what it means to relate without a mask? Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. This is so um, so um, I think, I believe that for all human beings, all of us, Christian or not, our tendency is to hide. It is to put on a mask. I mean, think about it, right? I mean, it's so hard to, to when you meet someone, right? Well, when you introduce yourself to someone. I mean, there is a picture that, that we want to paint of ourselves, right, to other people. And so that, that I find is the default position for every human being because, you know, Genesis 3, um, we learned that Adam and Eve hid from God after they disobeyed God, you know, hiding in fear, hiding in guilt and shame. We are their offspring, and we do the same thing. And so in this fellowship of the Holy Spirit, this fellowship of sharing with God, um, truth um, is what is called for, you know. And so we are called to um, take that mask off or to be more intentional, you know, about relating to one another authentically. And... And actually, um, it makes sense, right? Because scripture, in so many parts of scripture, we as Christians, brothers and sisters, we are called to share each other's joys and sorrows. Um, and in, we are called to care deeply for our brothers and sisters. We are called to encourage one another. We are called to build one another up and learn from one another and teach one another. So. If you think about it, I mean, it's really a very practical thing, right? I mean, how can we actually do all of those things if we don't know our brothers and sisters? You know, I used the example um, earlier in the earlier service how, you know, think of us, all of us being invited to that table and we're sitting at this long, big table. And all we do is being polite and smile at each other and say, can you pass the salt, please? Can you pass the pepper, please? You know, so sometimes that's how we do our Christian um, fellowship. We are very polite. I'm not saying that there's, I mean, it's good to be respectful and polite, but what I'm trying to say is that we, we want to go beyond that. 
you know, um, to be open and honest with one another about where we are at and what we are struggling with. So the Apostle Paul tells us in Romans 12 to be devoted to one another and to carry one another's burdens um, in his letter to the Galatian church. Um, how do you carry other people's burdens if you don't know what those burdens are, what those struggles are? And one more thing, again, Paul in Ephesians chapter 4 says to put aside falsehood and be truthful with each other. You know, when we think about falsehood, we think, okay, okay, see, I don't lie, I don't lie, I don't lie, right? But it is not really um, only about lying, you know. It is being truthful and not being false because you cannot lie and still be false. Does that make sense? So um, it is about making the heart visible. We can package so many things, you know. We can even package things in the church. You can package our family coming to church. You know, we can package our ministry to look respectable. We can package so many things, but one thing that we cannot package is our hearts. And we are called to not hide that, you know, to make the heart visible. And, and so, dear, so as to the what um, and a little bit of the why, I think that's why God has called us to an authentic Christian community, relating to one another without masks. Um, do you think, though, that is authenticity the kind of the end, or is it, um, you know, in, in our Christian community, is that what we're, is that the highest goal that we're shooting for is authenticity? No, I think that's a great question. And um, through my own wrestling with that, um, um, it, it definitely, I think, um, it is a very, very important element. Authenticity and an authentic community is critical, but it is not the ultimate end goal. It is not our highest calling. Our highest calling is becoming like Jesus. So, but an authentic community is important because it is part of the bigger picture of discipleship of helping us to become more like Jesus. So, so it's like, you know, the, the bigger table, you know, we get invited to the table, you know, but then there is also the other part that follows, which is being transformed, you know, the becoming of it. And, and God works through the community to bring healing and redemption, you know, um, in the transformation bit. So, um, no, so it is not, to answer your question, it is not only about um, authenticity because, I mean, authenticity is really, really important because it does make us more honest with ourselves, you know, and it is, um, it is and self-expression is healthy and good, you know, but, it, um, but ultimately it should lead to other-centeredness. You know, um, yeah, because if not, then it can become, um, if it becomes the end goal, then I think it can, uh, you know, it doesn't help with um, the maturing of the body and the maturing of myself and of yourself. Um, and the more we mature, the more we love and the more we, um, um, we, we, we help other people. And so, um, can I continue this? I oh, thought you absolutely. look like you have some questions. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Are you guys tracking with us so far? Yeah? Okay. So, um, yeah. So, I think this is a, a general encouragement to all of us to share our struggles honestly and openly because in that, uh, we allow God to break in and change us even as we continue to be open to people and allow people into the mess of our brokenness. You know, in James... Uh, 
chapter 5, we are called to confess our sins to one another. I know it's, you know, we don't talk a lot about that now, you know, this whole, you know, confessing our sins, but um, actually it's really, really important because it's when we, because that's really um, opening our hearts up, right? Um, it's like, hey, you know, I'm really struggling with this, I'm really struggling with that, and that really allows another brother or sister to speak in. Um, and, and for me personally, um, this, is, this forms an important part of my own journey and my own take on being part of an authentic community because, um, so we need to look at Revelation 12.10 here. You know, so here it says that um, the accuser of our brothers and sisters, um, the one who accuses them day and night before our God has been thrown down, down to earth. Um, so, you know who the accuser is? Well, so the name Satan means the accuser, the one who accuses. So the accuser, Satan, goes around accusing God's people, all of us here, of our sins. You know, throwing guilt on us, condemning us. I don't know about you, but sometimes, you know, you feel like, oh my gosh, you know, I, there's just something inside that I, I, I'm carrying. I can't share with anybody, you know, but it's eating me up, right? And, and so how do we overcome that? Um, Revelation tells us that we confess our sins and the blood of Jesus on our sins. By the blood of Jesus, we overcome. And also by the blood of Jesus, we, we overcome the one who deceives the whole world. So the, the accuser, Satan, deceives the whole world and we overcome by the truth um, of the gospel. And so, you know, I... I appreciate every one of my friends who has given me the space to share my heart out, you know, and then that's wonderful, you know, a safe space. Um, but one thing that my Christian brother, my Christian brothers and sisters can do that my non-Christian friends cannot do is actually to sit with me in that space and then to mediate or to become the vessel um, of God's love flowing to me. So it, let's say if I'm really feeling, oh, down there, and I believe all these things about myself, about God, that's not true. Like, God doesn't love me anymore. God's very angry with me, blah, 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 blah. Sitting with a brother and sister, you know, who, um, who knows God, you know, that, and the Holy Spirit can work through that brother or sister and speak word of life to me, you know, and set me free from those bondage. Um, I don't know if you've experienced that before, but it is a very beautiful thing. And that's what it means and why it's so important to be part of the community there is the fellowship of the Holy Spirit, whether it's a word of encouragement, a word of prophecy, you know, and all of that. So I've really appreciated that a lot. And I realized that I've been talking for a long time. So um, now that I'm done with the what and the why, a little bit of it, um, let's uh, turn to the how. My dear, um, over to you. Oh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Um, well, I learned a lot just listening to you. And I think that part of what I was um, getting was how um, as Christians, we have something in additional to the ability to bear our souls and to talk. We actually have access to the Holy Spirit that makes it possible for us to be um, authentic. And, and in that, um, we might ask this question, how is it that we actually can have truly authentic Christian community? And so we're going to talk for a few moments about the how. And um, what, when we were thinking about this, we realized there's a lot of things when you and I sit down together when we sit down to be that truly authentic Christian community at the bigger table, what is it that we're actually doing? 
what is it that we're actually experiencing? And we came up with two or three things that define unique, authentic Christian community that we think are both challenging but are at the heart of what it means for all of us to take what we're trying to do at Community Church to even a higher level. One of those is we're trying to grow in being confessional, as um, Bren was saying. The other thing is, is that as we grow as Christians in authentic Christian community, we really want to be there for crises and calamities in each other's life. And finally, the third thing is, is that if we're genuinely being the body of Christ to each other, we can do something that few other authentic communities can do, and that is that we can experience true healing and redemption. But how does all that happen? How does it happen in a practical way? We're going to talk about that in a few moments, and we're going to start with the idea of being confessional. And, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, as Christians, we should be able to do this, and it's another thing to actually be able to do it. Why is it that it's so hard to really open up and confess to each other? Well, there's all kinds of reasons. We come, some of us, from cultural backgrounds where it's made more difficult to actually share your dirty laundry or things that are bad in your family. I come from one of those families, and we used to never, we would never do that. We would oftentimes, uh, my dad, when I was growing up, would often go around when there was an argument in the house, and he would close all the window shutters so that people in the neighborhood would not hear that as a family we're having an argument or a conflict, you know. So there's, some of us come from cultural backgrounds and shame-based backgrounds where it's very hard to talk about um, anything that's wrong in our lives. Um, another reason is, is that we come from different personalities. Some of us are introverts and extroverts, and we're, we're, um, it's easier or harder mm. to open up. And then finally, many of us are constrained by the roles that we have. We're bankers or lawyers or doctors or pastors or therapists. And you can only talk about certain things with certain people. So you feel like, where can I really be truly honest? So there's all kinds of reasons that we get constrained from being truly confessional. But all of us need that place. And I can remember growing up that it was a, it was a long time. And a lot of I was trained for many years in psychology before I could really sit in front of a, another human being and actually confess openly um, things that I was struggling with from when I was very young. And, uh, and, that, and that continued even into my adult life. One of my breakthrough experiences was actually sitting um, in an AA group. And I was actually, I'd been a therapist for a number of years, and I was, uh, I think at the time I had a girlfriend that dragged me to an AA group, and I was surprised to find that there were people that were not trained in therapy that were amazingly able to be open about their wounds and their brokenness because they weren't cross-talking and interrupting and judging each other, they weren't throwing Bible verses, they were actually just listening to each other. And in that environment, for the first time, I was actually able to say, hey, this is the kind of family I come from. Here's what's going on. And it wasn't distinctly a Christian audience, though there were Christians in it. You know, So um, what, what I discovered over time was that um, we're blocked by a number of things that make it difficult for us to confess. But the things that make it possible for us to be really open with each other are um, acknowledging, accepting, and creating an environment where true safety is possible. And we know that this is a short time, so I'll be saying a lot. Hopefully you can catch a little bit of it. That safety is comprised of a few things. It's comprised of having a non-superior uh, attitude. 
It's comprised of um, talking as if you're a sinner talking to another sinner. One of the greatest things when I got married to Bren was that I discovered someone who wasn't judging me, who didn't judge me for my worldly ways or my ungodly ways. But when we got to sitting and talking about what it was like for each of us to go through a divorce, we discovered that both of us were broken people, that both of us were, uh, had, had walked in ways that we wouldn't necessarily be uh, something we'd share at the front of a church. You know? And so we, we discovered that we could talk sinner to sinner, and that made it possible for us to be really safe with each other and to share and to be confessional with each other as that smallest little community. Hopefully you have a relationship or relationships that you can do that with as well. Um, the, uh, there's a, a great quote here that um, Bren, I think, wants to share. Is that right, Dara? You want to share this? Yes, I would love to share that. <laughs> no, I, need, I know the words are small, but uh, maybe I'll try to read that out to you. I, I think it's a beautiful quote by uh, Bonhoeffer. Um, it may be that Christians, notwithstanding corporate worship, common prayer, and all their fellowship and service may still be left to their loneliness. The final breakthrough to fellowship does not occur because though they have fellowship with one another as believers and as devout people, they do not have fellowship as the undevout as sinners. The pious fellowship permits no one to be a sinner. So everybody must conceal his sin from himself and from the fellowship. We dare not be sinners. Many Christians are unthinkably horrified when a real sinner is suddenly discovered among the righteous. So we remain alone with our sin, living in lies and hypocrisy. The fact is that we are sinners. We are all sinners. So one of the great things that I think we discover here at Community Church is that many of us are figuring out that it's actually possible to be co-sinners with each other. We discover that in the men's group. We discover that in some of our life groups. It's a great thing to get down to the ground and realize that the uh, ground is actually level at the foot of the cross. We can actually all be sinners and know that God is doing something uh, in us and within us. Well, there's another whole arena of what it means to be authentic Christian community. And this takes us to a place where it's actually quite difficult to be this community because um, genuine Christian community means that we can also be there at times of real crisis or calamity. This is where authenticity is not just about words. It's not just about being open. It's not just about hearing. It's actually about staying with people through crises. And when we talk about that, we're talking about um, things that are really um, pretty serious. We're talking about things um, like um, people struggling with um, their um, most difficult things like depression or death of a spouse or becoming destitute because you've lost your job. We're talking about things that are very, very difficult to bear with each other through, predominantly because we all have insufficient energy, time, and bandwidth. Very few of us have the time it takes to really be there for another human being in the long term in crisis. Uh, a study that was done a few years ago, this would be something that um, Eric and I spend time doing. We look at these um, psychological studies, but there was a study done a little while ago where they checked out whether or not people who were trained even in psychology would stop like the Good Samaritan to help somebody in need. And what they discovered in the study was when people were on their way to do something important, like report on an important psych 
uh, result or paper, that if there was somebody in need right beside them, they might just go right past that person to deliver their famous psych paper, or their psych result, indicating that we all don't really have time for people in crisis. We don't actually stop. And some of these crises actually take tremendous amounts of time. One of my favorite examples of this is um, a good woman friend of mine who um, actually is only a nominal Christian, and yet when one of her colleagues had a spouse die, she actually decided as a physician to take a month off work to be there for this friend who'd lost their spouse recently. And so she took a whole month off work, took that at no pay, and actually sacrificially bore with that individual through crisis. Many of us can't do that, but what we discover is that if we're going to be Christians in real authentic community, we need to be willing to think about what are the sacrifices we need to take for each other. The one other thing I'll say about that is that it also takes real sensitivity to be that authentic Christian community. Because what ministers to me in a crisis may not be the same thing that ministers to you in a crisis. Once again, one of the great things I've learned from my dear wife, Bren, is how you actually be with someone in crisis or calamity. Because sometimes when I go through a really disastrous or difficult time, she'll just send me away somewhere because I need a long vacation. Or other times she'll sit and listen with me. Other times she'll exhort me with the word of God. And other times she'll just wrap her arms around me and say, I love you, dear, and hug me. You, know? you and, made me sound like a saint. Well, you are almost... So, um, you know, that kind of sensitivity is important because when people are going through crisis, you don't know exactly what they need unless you find out, and then you can be a part of the community to them. Okay? Okay. Um, another whole area that many of us are beginning to experience here at Community Church is that authentic community that leads to healing and redemption. And here we're talking about the really, um, you know, kind of awful, ugly stuff that we think that we can't talk about. We're talking about all of us struggling with addiction of some kind. We're talking about all of us um, feeling abandoned sometimes. We're talking about those of us that struggle with adultery or pornography um, or abuse. We're either the abusees or we're the abusers. And these are the hard things to talk about. It's very, very difficult as a, as a community to be, um, to be involved in those kinds of conversations. And we don't mean here to say that everybody should be a therapist. That's why we have therapists, because they are the people that you go to to talk about some of these things. But as the authentic Christian community, we can be the ones that bear with um, any of us that are struggling in these areas, because all of us sometime in our life will deal with these things. And I want to share with you um, two things that I've learned about this. One is, that, is about the idea of the short embrace, and the other is about the long embrace. When we're helping people heal and be redeemed, we may or may not be those people that can stay with someone for a long time through the long healing process, but we can always be with that. We can always be that person that does that short embrace, that takes the right moment to minister to a brother or sister. I had an example recently where I was going through uh, some things pretty difficult. I know that that might sound strange for a psychologist or a pastor, but we really struggle also. And uh, my brother, Pastor Wade, sat down with me over a breakfast, and he asked me just two simple questions about how I was feeling. And out of that came um, a torrent of my own cathartic, that's a word psychologists use, of emotion, where I was able to share what I really felt. And in that moment, that embrace that Pastor Wade showed me um, freed me. It freed me to um, feel and to begin the process of healing that was important for me. So that's example, an example of a short embrace that any of us can do. Any of us, by the right glance, 
um, by the right um, moment, by the right question, can begin, can begin that embrace that is the part of healing that God has for us. But there's also the long embrace that many of us need. Um, and an example from my life was um, when I went through a divorce, it was one of the most um, painful, difficult, traumatic, and inexplicable things in my life. I couldn't, I couldn't for the life of me figure out how I'd ever gotten there. And I had um, two friends. Um, once again, they were, they were just young Christians, but they opened up their home to me every, um, uh, every, every week for an, an entire year. For one year's time, I went and slept on their couch. They fed me margaritas, Baileys, um, Kahluas, um, and other such helpful medicants. And, and over that year, I, I actually began to heal from the pain of a divorce. And that's an example of a long embrace, an embrace that we can all be part of if we're willing to do that. So um, this is the kind of show, it's the kind of community that many of you are already demonstrating here at Community Church, but which we want to be a part of. And this is um, in, in our thinking and closing. We've been talking about coming to the bigger table. Well, we've, we looked up, and in the Guinness Book of World Records, this is the biggest table. This is a table in Italy that I guess apparently serves hundreds or thousands of people. Um, but this table is nothing compared to the big table that you and I are invited to at the uh, banquet of the king and his son. All of us who are here are invited to a, a, an amazing table, a large table. And what will that table be about? Well, it'll about, it will be about you and I being face-to-face -face with the king of kings and the lord of lords. But it will also be us being face-to-face -face with each other. And as Bren said, it might not just be about um, passing the salt and pepper. It might be that at that place we'll have finally learned what it's like to have true, authentic Christian community. At that point, maybe we will learn what it's like to be able to confess to each other to be there for each other in the midst of our crises and to be there as God's healing community to each other. So that's what we're about today. That's what we're becoming at Community Church. And uh, we hope that uh, this moves a little bit of us along. And I think, Daryl, you're going to share one more thing. Huh? Oh, just one last thing. Um, but the most important thing, um, ultimately, um, how we do the authentic um, Christian community at the table is all about Jesus. You know, um, I love how, um, you know, our songs today, you know, just like, it's really all about you, Jesus. And um, we cannot do it um, on our own strength, you know. And my husband, Lance, has been very kind to describe how saintly I've been. But, you know, there have been struggles, right, inside my heart. Um, you know, every, every act of love um, takes intentionality. It's a choice, you know, and we look to Jesus who... In 1 John 3.16, you know, we know that Jesus laid down his life for us and we ought to lay down our lives for other fellow Christians. And so keeping Jesus at the center of everything is what we are called to ultimately. Yeah. Job. Pray. Yeah. Can we pray for all of us here in community? Jesus, we are so grateful that you um, have us here as your church family. We're so grateful that... Um, in this place, we've started a way to be with each other that um, involves you as the one who calls us first into community um, with yourself. And then secondly, to find that community as we seek out each other and we allow ourselves to be genuine and real, authentic and transparent to bear our souls, but also to create a safe place for others to do that. And then beyond that, to mediate your love, your truth, your hope, your promises to each other. We come together as that community to bear with each other through the difficult moments, through crises, through times when we're healing from those difficult things that are so hard to talk about. Um, Lord, you call us to that community. You make that possible. We receive that today as your family.
as your children, as your community church. In the name of Christ, we pray. Amen.